Hello, I'm John T. Bloom and I'm presenting six podcasts for you. Each will deal with a different aspect of mental health. In this podcast, I'm talking to the Minister responsible for mental health in the UK. Chloe Smith is the Minister for Disabled People, Health and Work. I spoke to her in her office in the House of Commons and started by asking why she thinks mental health is now becoming more talked about and something that companies are taking far more seriously. I think it's good that Make UK is is, is shining this spotlight on its work. I think that's, that's all really uh, helpful and no doubt will be really constructive for your Members, I think there's probably another a number of factors in the situation. I think there is an increased willingness to talk about it, perhaps from people themselves, uh, an increased willingness from employers then actually to meet people part way and, and and have that conversation as part of what needs to go on in the workplace rather than just you know just your home place if you like. Um, and I think also to state the obvious that you know there have been certain changes and, and pressures that will have come about in the last few years that have been very anxious for people. You know, very anxious couple of years with the pandemic. And indeed, a bit more besides. So, so I think it's it's not necessarily surprising that we now see a, a large focus on mental health in the workplace. And I think, on the whole, that's to be welcomed in the sense that those could and and should be constructive conversations. And and when you look at the cost, um, it is well worth investing in preventing and helping people with mental health problems at work, because it uh, leads to an awful lot of absenteeism, to sick leave, and etc., and low productivity as well. I think that's right, and I think actually this operates at every level. I think it's right in terms of the economy, as you say, and, and actually to put the figure to what you're talking about, I mean, that's up in the tune of £50 billion for absenteeism, presenteeism, uh, labour turnover. You know, that's really significant and indeed is not far off what uh, actually in another part of the, the world we spend, another part of the forest we spend uh, on um, disability benefits. So you might wish to, you know, think about those things in perspective to each other. Um, but this is also, of course, fun fundamentally the case that it is um, in employers' interests to have this conversation as well because it's a cost to their individual company or their individual organisation. And then perhaps most importantly of all, at the individual level. You know, you can see the cost that that there would be um, uh, in a person's life uh, if they're not well or not as healthy as they'd they'd wish to be uh, if they become, for example, unable to work. It is clearly in everybody's interests at every level that people can uh, stay and succeed uh, in work, uh, dis- perhaps despite um, uh, any periods of mental ill health that they may have. Some of the examples we've come across seem to be um, people basically saying, oh, my door's always open, and we have a leaflet on that. Uh, the good examples are people who are proactive and are going out and working out why things aren't working as they should in their business. How can we encourage that? So I think that's a good observation, and I, and I think there is uh, perhaps assistance to help employers do that. So trade bodies such as as Make UK and and many others, um, I think increasingly will be able to help uh, employers do that. Um, we're also uh, able to to provide support in the form of things such as what the Health and Safety Executive is doing. So they've uh, had a campaign recently which uh, is there to help employers. Um, uh, with exactly this, um, and uh, we'll do more besides. You know, we're working closely with the HSE to really think about the H of that sentence. You know, they've they've got an excellent record with the S of their sentence, but how do we assist uh, employers through them to be able to provide a healthy working environment uh, as well? I think also, um, uh, again, bringing this right back down to the level of the individual person. You know, increasingly people do know that there is a lot of support out there for them individually too, and I hope that that can again be brought back into the workplace in a constructive conversation. Because the health aspect of this is 
um, you know, we've dealt with hard hats and, you know, visibility and all those kinds of things without really thinking about mental health problems for people at work and the pressures they are under and the pressures they feel. And it's certainly true COVID made, made that worse, but it's been going on for a very long time. Yes, and I, I, mean, I think I think the work of the health and safety executive, executive is a, a very good um, illustration of this here. You know, it doesn't only it's no longer about just your hard hats and your vis, you know high vis jackets. Um, they have, I think, an opportunity to take the kind of approach that they have applied to make sure that hard hat and high vis uh, workplaces uh, are safe. Take all that learning and that expertise, and then bring it into an adaptation for the modern age. To, to take another example, that's uh, of course come up thanks to the pandemic, you know, you do see a rise in types of flexible working, uh, which means in some cases, a, you know, a home is somebody's workplace. Uh, and so actually, there's a lot more to think about there. Because that has brought pressures of its own. I mean, one of the issues has been that uh, when pe- people forgot how much going to work, being part of a team, having friends that you see every day, was actually good for people's mental health, and being at home wasn't. And uh, do you think companies are going to have to do more in that respect to check that the people at home are doing as well as the ones at work? Yes, I personally think this is a very important aspect of it. I think I think um, I think there's uh, a lot in the point that you make there. But I'm also conscious, actually, of a counterbalance point, which is that, for example, if you look at people uh, with disability or with uh, with long-term um, health conditions, I think there may be quite some advantages in being able to work more flexibly or, or work at home. Not universally true. Let's let's just be clear. We're not talking in in terms of uh, blanket statements here. Obviously. Um, the, the very point actually is that what we need to be able to see is flexibility in people's working uh, relationships, which I roundly hope would be, be able to be capable of being agreed between the employer and the employee. You know, these could go under the name of what's called reasonable adjustments in the Equality Act. All of this is well within the grasp of employers to, to, to bring about for their employees, and it's to the benefit of everybody. Is there something more the government could be doing to encourage this, though? Well, I tell you, there's several schemes, actually, that the government is already doing to support this happening exactly uh, as we say. And one that I'd like to really draw attention to is the Access to Work scheme. Now, listeners to this podcast might be aware of that, and and they might have have thought of that as something that helps with, if you like, the physical reasonable adjustments in the workplace for people with, with physical disabilities. It goes way beyond that. And actually, there is a mental health scheme as well under the Access to Work banner, which is for exactly some of the scenarios that this podcast series is focusing on. If a person has uh, a mental health problem that can be supported or that can be, um, um, uh, if you like, made to, made to be uh, compatible with the workplace with some adjustments, the Access to Work scheme can help that person and help the employer by helping to uh, arrange and, and pay for those adjustments. So this is actually a financial contribution to enable people to to work better and, and keep their mental health. That's right. And um, how much money is available for people from that scheme? It, it tends to work on an individual, um, if you like, budget basis. Um, it, it, there isn't a straightforward answer to your question because actually we operate it according to need. Uh, so the what I, what I would encourage an individual to think about is, is the adjustments that they need. There's a conversation in there then about what's possible inside a, a, any given workplace. Um, to give an illustration, the uh, highest amount of award 
that is uh, tends to be made under the Access to Work scheme, uh, often actually is for those who use um, British Sign Language interpreters. So you can imagine that means you're having to pay for the salary of a person or perhaps two people on a, on a shift pattern to support you with interpretation needs. So therefore the amount actually is up in the 60,000s of pounds, um, but it's a, then a scale all the way up uh, to that for different types of adjustments that people need. So, so there, I mean, there is lots of money available in these instances for, as you say, for things like sign language, but this is going to be extended to cover other issues, including mental health, uh, to help people with real mental health problems get to work and stay in employment. Yes, that's right. And what do you think um, should be the next step? It seems that most firms are trying. Not many are that proactive. What, what do you think should be happening at that company level? Well, I think actually, you know, let's take this at the at the broadest level. I think actually at society level, there's more to be done, and therefore at government level, we think there's more to be done. So that's why we uh, have now uh, been been bringing forward the, uh, the the next ten years worth of this thinking, if you like. So we've got a ten year uh, strategy. Uh, coming into place on mental health, which is uh, designed to be able to accommodate the picture as it is now, you know, the shifts we've been talking about. Uh, there's a call for evidence out about that now, and I'd really love your listeners to be able to take part in that so they, sh- they can uh, find that on the gov.uk website. So as part of that, what I think we need to be able to look to employers to do is to think this through, is to think about what it means in your particular workplace, big or small, uh, uh, virtual or old-fashioned physical, whatever it may be, lots of different ways to do that. Have that conversation, if you like, in an open way with your employees as much as you can. And also make sure that uh, your employees are aware of the support that is out there. The access to work scheme is is just one. There are other, um, uh, if you like, even more specialist schemes, actually, that the uh, DWP uh, runs and can help with, all of which are tuned towards getting people to be able to start and stay and succeed in work, uh, notwithstanding uh, any mental health problems. And finally, if there are people listening to this, as you suggest, who have have ideas and proposals that they think government should introduce to make this better, you're going to listen? Yes, ministers are. So so I'm really interested in this from the point of view of, of holding the gov- cross-government role on disability. My, colleague, uh, my colleagues um, in uh, the Department for Health and Social Care are leading on the uh, call for evidence um, to, uh, to support that new 10-year mental health plan. And I know they want to hear from anybody and everybody uh, who's listening to this podcast I also want to hear from employers, as I've already said as well, the uh, health and safety executive, I think, wants to hear from employers to make sure that we can get this right. Chloe Smith, the Minister for Disabled People, Health and Work, asking you to help her and the government and tell them what you think and want them to do. I hope this and the other podcasts will help. And if you want to learn more about how Make UK can assist you in promoting and maintaining mental health, visit our website. There you will find details on training, surveys, assessments, a mental health toolkit, a wellbeing guide and virtual classrooms all ready for you to use. I'm Jonty Bloom and thank you for listening to this Make UK podcast.